This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. We are Justin and Brandon, and today, largely, we're going to ignore the noise of the charts. Um, thankfully, we have the privilege of ignore, ignore, ignoring some of the noise of global uh, geopolitical conflict. Not that it's unimportant, uh, but today we're going to focus on um, another piece of education, another thing where we have an opportunity to learn, to dive into something that might be new to some of you. And we're going to explore the world of NFTs. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. That's why we're doing this episode. If you do know what it is, uh, I'm looking forward to um, you taking another step in your learning, uh, finding something that's interesting to you, and pursuing that really in your own in your own research. Um, we decided to, to we decided to divide, excuse me, the NFT episode into two episodes. Uh, so in the first episode, we'll talk about what are these things, what what does the word NFT mean, uh, what does the current landscape look like, uh, and really just some big ideas with NFTs. In the second episode, we'll talk about specific examples, use cases, and really focus a lot on innovation and where we see the space going. Uh, a look ahead, Justin and I are very excited about NFTs. Uh, we see them going a lot further, um, being a lot more important to society than even they are right now, and uh, we think that's a good thing. So Justin, you ready to jump in and talk about NFTs? I am. You forgot to do the disclaimer. There's a disclaimer for NFTs that is basically... Uh, they're, they're a highly dangerously addictive and fun. Uh, you will be entertained and you may or may not win or lose money in the process. <laughs> so that sounds like crypto to me. So yeah, we does. will dive in and figure out exactly how that's different and how that's the same, but that's a good yeah. disclaimer. Uh, so right off the bat, um, people hear the term, the term NFT and for me, that didn't ring a bell, right? I didn't confuse that with anything else. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Um, so Justin, explain uh, the token part's pretty easy. It's a digital token. But help us explain or explain to us the non-fungible part. Yeah, so uh, it just means it can't be repeated. So just like, you know, think of a, a good way to describe this is think of like documents that you own, like the title to your car deed to your house. Um, the, these are physical documents that you own that can't be repeated. Well, <laughs> if, if you try, that's called uh, fraud. And uh, exactly. Legally, it can't be done. Um, so in, in the NFT space, um, you know, Bitcoin, well, in the crypto space, Bitcoin, you know, there's 21 million Bitcoins um, that will ever be created. Well, in NFTs, there's just one for each NFT. Uh, and that, that one token cannot be duplicated. Um, so it's oftentimes used for art and stuff like that. And we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but the other thing I was going to say is even within NFTs, though, you might have a collection of NFTs. So like a group of individual things. Um, but just, just like in the analog world, you know, that would be like if you owned five houses and you had five deeds to your home, right? They're not they're not the same. They're very different, each one of them. Um, but that's a, that's kind of a good way to describe it. Yeah, and, and I think something to, to understand to build off of there is is the non-fungible part really has nothing to do with it being digital. 
Um, digital helps make it non-fungible. For instance, a couple of examples of fungible and non-fungible things. So fungible also has to do with the fact of um, items being completely interchangeable and not unique. So for instance, um, you know, Bitcoin, you mentioned Bitcoin, Justin, Bitcoin is actually fungible. What that means is you don't really know when you're trading Bitcoin, if you're trading like Bitcoin number 19 million or number two and a half million, right? They're, like we're not, they're not really like numbered and, and they're not separate, right? Like it, they're just directly interchangeable and there's really nothing unique about the individual Bitcoin pieces that we're trading. That's part of what it means to be fungible. People don't realize this actually that the U.S. dollar, while it can be infinitely printed as we as we know, the U.S. dollar is actually non-fungible. And it's non-fungible for one reason. It has a specific code on the dollar bill. You know, F one nine six eight. You know, now it's not a digital asset. It's not. It's not rare, from a sense of being a U.S. dollar. But it is rare if you wanted. You know, in other words, if you could prove that that you know um, George Washington. This is an anachronism, right? They didn't have the U.S. dollars printed then, or let's say Abraham Lincoln had paid for whatever lunch at a at a restaurant at a saloon, I guess, with this dollar bill. Then that dollar bill has unique value, right? So, so fungible and non-fungible have realities even in the analog space, even in our physical world. Think about baseball cards. Um, a card in a collection is going to be labeled 400 out of 600, but there, there are like 10,000 of those 400 cards, right? That's, those are directly interchangeable. That is not non-fungible. I think two ideas is, uh, with non-fungible is with blockchain is there's provable scarcity and there's provable Ownership, and that's kind of marrying the idea of it being non-fungible with with blockchain. That this is recorded, right? So, Justin, uh, anything else to to add to that from uh, the non-fungible or fungible standpoint? No, I think it is a confusing, like it's a very confusing topic, especially if you haven't, um, you know, if you if it's the first time you're hearing it, um, and it's been fun to kind of like try to explain it in different ways to different people over time. But, um, yeah. So if, if, if it feels confusing, like don't feel bad, uh, that's very normal. <laughs> yeah. So think of it as, um, fungible is all these things are just interchangeable. They're all of them are the same. You don't care which one you get. Um, it's sort of like a, t a general admission ticket to an event. They're all the same, right? You're going to sit where you sit and which ticket you have didn't matter versus a fungible item is like a ticket where you have a seat number, right? There's only one person on that ticket for that seat, unless, unless there was an error in the printing process. Um, you may need to go back and listen to that segment again, if, if non-fungible and fungible are new words to you, but that's just kind of a crash course. Uh, Justin, let's talk about the current NFT landscape. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned that there's, there's art, involved people are using nfts to basically digitize their art and distribute their art we'll talk about that in a second um wanted to point out how much uh sports is really jumping into the nft landscape uh, my guess is a lot of our audience by virtue of the demographics i understand about our audience probably did some kind of sports card or sports collectible trading maybe you do it now maybe you buy stuff you know if the gamecocks win or clemson wins or for me I spent a few dollars at Duke last week for Coach K's last game. Um, um, 
But here's a stat that may be, it, it was shocking to me. Uh, Deloitte, uh, which is a consulting company, Deloitte put together a study and they said they projected NFTs in sports. So sports companies and leagues, NFL, NBA, taking advantage of this. Sports NFTs to do $2 billion, with a B, billion dollars in revenue in the year 2022. So basically from zero two years ago, because this didn't really exist, to now this is a $2 billion industry and we're only talking about sports. Secondly, uh, OpenSea, which is the largest NFT exchange on the market. It's an Ethereum NFT exchange. Uh, in 2021, they did $14.6 billion in sales. And most of that was done in the last half of the year when NFTs really exploded. So right out the gate, I want you to know we're not talking about something that's... Um, barely taken off we're talking about something that has exploded and we are talking about tens of billions of dollars so justin when you think about the rapid growth of this space where this space has come in the last 12 months uh what things stand out to you about about the nft space and the current landscape yeah i think the one of the things that stands out to me is just how quickly it changes um nft the nft space has evolved a lot faster than anything else I've seen in crypto over the years. Um, that that's for sure. I mean, literally just a year ago and if no one was really talking about NFTs at all, um, there were a few NFT collections out on Ethereum. Um, but really every, all the growth you're talking about has happened in the last 12 months. Um, which is, is just staggering. So I think, that's the the thing that makes it or just it's it is very unique um just from how quickly it's growing and a lot of that has to do with pop culture i think um pop culture with you know we've got a lot of like you know people i, I think maybe kanye did a uh, maybe he didn't do an nft series it sounds like something he would do <laughs> but you know you got like steph curry we, we've got athletes that are getting in on this stuff um uh, celebrities and stuff like that but and obviously there was that, a there was a rapper and now I can't think of who it was. There was a rapper that did an NFT collection, and it proved out to kind of just be a stunt. And uh, people dropped yeah a few dollars on that and yeah. were a little bit upset. Yeah, it was probably Snoop Dogg. Uh, I know he did. He's involved in NFTs, but yeah. please don't sue us for slander. I don't think it was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> If Snoop Dogg ever listens to this episode, uh, we are sorry, and uh, you know we'd invite you to come on the show. <laughs> All right, I will stop talking about celebrities. <laughs> well, let's move on. Um, but yeah, the, a, lot, a lot of that growth has you know to do with it just hitting mainstream media through you know important individuals that have huge followings, um, and then you know you talk about major brands that are getting into NFTs, Adidas, Nike. Um, NFL, NBA. So yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff happening. That's kind of the big thing that stands out. Yeah. yeah two things I wanted to mention, um, and this really has nothing to do with diving into NFT specifically, but one of the things we, we really stress and emphasize on this show, um, which is one of the reasons we started this show is you mentioned how quickly as an umbrella thing that crypto moves but as we dive deeper, you also mentioned how much even more quickly NFTs are moving than even other aspects of the space. 
there are a couple of, of, of sort of technical reasons why that's true. In other words, the barrier to entry to create and mint an NFT series is not the same as, as building complicated software. That's part of it, right? But I want to emphasize to our audience one of the reasons why we emphasize a commitment to learning and growth and not um, even if the charts and prices are not up and it's not exciting if you're going to be in this space and if you're going to be in technology at all you have to commit to learning at a rapid rate and that is like that is non-negotiable it's not optional um i was trying to make a non-fungible joke there but that that wasn't going to work so yeah we won't we won't do that but the point is even if even if you are 57 and i know we have some a few quote unquote older people older than us on the show which i love that that are listening Pay attention to NFTs. NFTs will affect your life, as Justin said, a homeowner, um, property that you own, uh, uh, brands that you interact with. This is a part of life in the future, and we, we want to talk about it. I just wanted to say things are only going to continue happening faster, and, and not just fast in terms of crypto, but even faster in, in certain parts of crypto. All right. I, I wanted to say that. Um, but yeah, Justin, let's talk about a couple of examples of projects just to really be specific, crystal clear about, about NFTs. Like what do they look like? What are they? What are some of the categories? Uh, maybe talk to us about some things you, you've looked at, some things you've purchased, but anyway, give us, give us an idea of what that looks like. Yeah. So the, the, the main one, I think that, I guess, I don't know, I guess you could say is the most popular or at least carries the most, um, uh, revenue, you know, in the NFT space, the most, the most transaction volume would be these collections. I kind of alluded to it earlier, you know, where you'll have uh, a lot of times you'll have a collection of NFTs. That's 10,000 unique NFTs. Um, and they're, they're little, like think of them like little trading cards, they're profile pictures, um, of, you know, there's, there's some that are like, Oh, they're meerkats and they have different types of meerkats or it's monkeys. Um, and it's essentially, you know, within the collection, you have you have some of the items that are like ultra, ultra rare, uh, and then some that are common and very common. But the market right now is um, really spending a lot of time on these collections. And it's kind of like popcorn. It's hard to even know like which one's going to, you know, do well. But <laughs> the main thing there is think of them like trading cards, like Pokemon cards, um, or like NBA cards, you know, when we were kids, you'd open a pack or whatever and, and, oh, you know, I got the Michael Jordan rookie. Congrats to your millionaire. You can retire now. Uh, but that's, that's kind of one concept. Um, and there's, even within that space, there's so many layers of utility, um, that we'll get into later about like how you can use those. But another one is called one-to-one. So this might just be an artist, like, I was reading a story. There's an artist in Africa, uh, and this guy, he decided to make these digital um, paintings of just some landscape um, that I guess was around his, you know, his town in Africa, and he sold his art as NFTs online for like forty thousand um, dollars. So in that situation, you know, he created one art piece. It's it's not like a huge collection of like all these different little trading cards. Um, but that's, that's called a one-to-one and, um, you even got NFTs that are one-to-ones that are actually music. So it doesn't have to be visual art. Uh, it can just be audio clips. Um, 
but those are kind of the uh, the the mainstream ones. Then you've got other things um, coming in, like NFL All Day has a new um, project that they're they're launching. It's still in beta, but that one is about. It's called NFL Moments. So they're they're taking like you know clips, four second video clips from certain NFL plays. I'm I'm in on that project, and I've had fun with that. Where you basically buy a pack of three or four uh, video clips and, um, you know, some of them are more rare than others. I actually got the Devonte Smith, his first touchdown. Um, that was kind of a cool one just cause it was like, Oh, it's a rookie. He's, you know, he won the Heisman. He's got a big name and I got his first touchdown that might turn into something down the road. Uh, and then, uh, I got like a DK Metcalf rare catch that I was able to actually sell for a decent profit. But yeah, there, the NFL is, going to turn that into something but right right now it's still pretty early on and in beta but those are sort of like different types of collections um and then there's there also there's also web3 gaming so uh this is this is actually a a lot of um the profile picture projects where it's like a collection of 10,000 are pursuing this gaming concept um so one of the nft collections that um i'm in on it's called Solantisy uh, warriors and they have wizards and archers. So they've got like these three different types of characters and they're actually building a video game, a 2d video game where you'd be able to connect your, um, your wallet to the video game and play with your character and like upgrade your character and stuff like that. Um, so there's, a, it's getting into a certain, like it's getting more complex, right? Like it, it's not just a, an image of something, but now it's an image, but it has some sort of utility, some sort of thing in a game, um, where you can, you know, play with it, upgrade it, make it more valuable, um, you know, do with it what you will. Yeah. And I wanted to say that, you know, NFTs are attracting people from different, uh, sort of segments. So you've got your collectors, right? I actually bought, um, Duke released, Duke University released their first NFT uh, that the school has done um, with a partnership with a, a new a new NFT exchange called One Of, um, where they did an NFT of uh, sort of the, the ticket. So it's a digital 3D, you know, sort of turned video, flips around, but, but a uh, digital version of Coach K's final home game against North Carolina as sort of a digital ticket. It didn't give me access into the game. Um, but it's just a, it's a memorable, uh, memorable piece. I really didn't buy that to sell it. I, I bought it to keep it right. So that's a collector. Um, Justin, we also should talk about, I mean, people do invest in these, in these things and people, some people have made a lot of money investing. Uh, that's sort of a different discussion. And we'll get into that a little bit more in episode two about the, uh, the risk curve and, uh, the risk and volatility components of NFTs. But you also mentioned, like you said, I mean, there are games where, and we'll get into this more later, there are games where you have to have the NFT. The NFT is basically your quote unquote license to play this game. Um, and so like, you know, with Solantisy, you and I both have uh, pieces of that, of that collection and you actually have to connect your wallet, your digital wallet to the game. And the game basically reads whether or not you have one of the authorized you know, tokens. So, Again, it's just a, it's a really cool thing. It's attracting people from a lot of audiences. Um, one, two questions I want to entertain here, um, and we'll take them in order. The first one is, 
you know, if, if you're saying, like, how does stuff like this happen? Like, how do we get to a place where, like, we have NFTs and digital art? And I want to zoom out for a second and talk about culture. You talked about, you know, sort of uh, pop culture, Justin. I think that was a good place to lead us. Um, in pop culture, I wish I, I wish I could talk more uh, as more of an expert on this. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I'm a student of this, but I'm not an expert or a teacher of this. In pop culture... You basically can tell what's a big deal in culture by what makes its way to art. Now, we don't just mean drawings, right? Art could be you know, paintings, murals, music, video. In other words, you can listen to a decade of music and actually understand a little bit about that decade. Or at least what's true of that decade is represented in a culture's music, right? You can even learn a lot about a specific culture or subculture through art, through music, through... So the point is, art is a demonstration of, and really, a, um, uh, I, I don't know exactly the word to put on it, like, art happens because culture happens, right? Art is an extension and an expression of culture. So we should not be surprised if we have a digital culture developing in blockchain, developing on Discord with these little, you know, communities and, and subreddits and all this other stuff. If we have digital culture... We're going to have digital art. And, and the, the culture uses the tools of the culture blockchain to make art. So in other words, this is not some like, oh man, this, this is weird. This should have never happened. This was really an eventuality. Like this was always going to happen because this is what people do. In one sense, we should have expected this because this was like very predictable. Um, the second question is, Justin, I want to turn this over to you to answer is sort of how did this happen? But secondly, why are these things valuable? Like, why do, why can an artist in in Kenya or, or Ethiopia or Africa create a digital piece of art, have instant distribution, and people like pay real money for these things? What gives these things value? Well, I guess the first thing I'd say is values in the eye of the beholder, for one thing. Um, so, you know, what gives something value to me may not may not be the same thing as a person that paid $40,000 or $20,000 or whatever for some piece of digital art. So I, I can speak into a, a few different things I know about why people are buying this stuff. Um, and some of them are more entertaining than others. So, you know, like, like the first one that pops up to me is you've got, um, it, one of the, the first projects that came up the actually, I think it may have been the first NFT project. Um, it certainly is the first one that took off is crypto punks. And, you know, I think there's, I can't remember how many crypto punks there are. Let's say there's 10,000 crypto punks. I think it's 10,000. Oh, it is 10,000. Okay. I thought so. But, um, so you've got all these people, I mean, people that I follow on crypto Twitter and stuff, and you know, they've been into, they've been into crypto for a while. Um, they've accumulated a lot of Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, whether through trading or maybe they just bought really early. Um, and one of the aspects that has been driving up prices just to be like crazy high, like a crypto punk selling for over a million dollars. Right. And, and it's like, okay, the technology is real. Let's be serious about that. But also like there is this humorous aspect of like someone just paid a million dollars for a JPEG <laughs> and that's hard to get around. Um, but 
you know, some of that, obviously it's the collector mentality like you were talking about, but it's also, you know, it can be a flex move to be like, Hey, look, like I, I have so much crypto wealth. I was able to buy a crypto punk. Right. And at that, and then from there, it's like, okay, now the crypto punks are starting to like have this reputation of like their original gangsters in the NFT space. Like they, they are the pioneers. Now crypto punks are becoming a brand of these people that really were kind of the first in the space. Um, and they have a lot of money. So I don't know, that's a very dynamic, um, or there's just a lot of layers there, right. About why you might want to get in on crypto punks. Um, but I think the main thing there is, like I said, the technology underneath it is real. It's not a scam. Um, and there are individual collections that are scams that they're just, you know, it's from an, some, someone has bad intentions and they want to rip you off. Um, but I will say the value, the value is there and it is real. Um, but it's hard to kind of pinpoint, I think to everyone has their own motivation basically. Yeah, that's a good, that's good. And again, some people collect, you know, some people, um, I mean, I remember growing up, right. We bought, um, I've got starting lineup figurines and signed baseballs and bronze coins cards of players that I, I liked. Right. And I'd never, I, I mean, I, I guess I would sell them if someone offered me money, but I, I did not ever buy them with the intention of selling. I bought them for the memorial aspect, right? The yeah. collector aspect. It means something to me because it's connected to memories I have. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I really, really love about the whole blockchain experience in this whole space, and we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating Discussing what gives NFTs value really makes you ask really good questions about what gives anything value. And really that it's this, you know, there's more people out there that want something, uh, than there are supply. It's a, it's a simple supply demand, uh, component. And so, you know, everyone flocks to a certain thing, a certain thing gets status. We'll talk more about that in a second. Um, and there's there's demand for it. So um, you talked about the rarity of things. What 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 gives NFTs and, and really this whole space legs, if you will, is this concept of provable scarcity. So I know, um, you know, Justin, you and I have been in collections, and it's like, you know, if if you get a gold item or a rare item or whatever, you know that that's one of ever so many, and they're not going to print more. And that's recorded on a ledger, right? Um, you know, mentioned that, that King Griffey Jr. thing again, where upper deck in, in the late eighties, early nineties, they kept printing those stupid things. And you thought you had a card worth $75 out of a $2 and 50 cent upper deck pack. And basically it wasn't worth the paper and ink it was printed on and printed with. Um, that's not really going to happen with at least legitimate NFT um, projects. Yeah. I think that digital scarcity is really important to me. Pro and I don't know if you said provable digital scarcity, yeah, but provable. Yeah. Provable um, scarcity. Provable is an important word there too. Like uh, I've often, I've often talked to people about NFTs and they're like, well, anybody can just right click and download this thing. Like what, why is that any different than it was before? And, it, and it's very confusing. Um, and, if you like, if you go back to art, 
I always like to use analog, um, you know, examples like artists over the years, they had ways of basically, um, marking their, their artwork as originals. Like there's ways, there's physical ways to verify artwork as being original. Right. Um, and yeah, like I could go over to Brandon's house and maybe Brandon has a, a fake Mona Lisa in his, uh, painting in his living room. Uh, okay. He does not have a, that fake... was, a, that was supposed to be a secret, Justin. <laughs> Sorry. I let the cat <laughs> out of the bag. Uh, right. But like Brandon can do that. He, feel free to do that, Brandon. And I hope that Mona Lisa painting brings you lots of joy, but I know it's fake, right? Like I, that is most likely fake. Maybe I could be wrong there, but you get the point. Like it's just fake. because, yeah, just because someone can make a fake Mona Lisa doesn't mean the Mona Lisa isn't valuable, right? It just means that things can be faked or whatever, um, but it's provable. So on the blockchain, you know, for example, yeah, someone can right click my JPEG or whatever, but they don't own it. Like it's not their property. Um, and the blockchain basically ha this is part of the cool innovation about it is it gives us the ability to verify digital property that we've never been able to verify before. Right. And so that's, that's the underlying layer. There is now because of blockchain, we can verify things in the digital space, just like we have been able to in the analog space for hundreds of years. Yeah. I, I think take it a step further. Uh, and this is a little bit of maybe use case, but I'll mention it cause I think it's relevant here. Um, you talked about property and there actually is a case for, uh, and, and this will probably end up in like sort of legal precedent and, and all that kind of thing. But there is a case to be made that for instance, you and I had a conversation with some friends about, you know, I had actually, I had an NFT appear in, um, in someone, in someone's like ad or billboard or something, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, like that's, that's someone's property, right? Like I, I paid, I paid for that. I paid and I actually was the original owner of that piece. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a, a standpoint where in other words, it, you mentioned crypto punks. Uh, sort of this this pixelated uh, project of all these dudes with crazy hair and I guess women too, right? Anyway, um, hoodies and, and 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 glasses. But the point is, you can look up that collection. You'll know what I'm talking about. The point is, if someone wants to feature your NFT, I mean, there's a real case that they should pay you licensing and royalties because you know they're not allowed to simply quote unquote right click and save as JPEG your art and then use it for, uh, you know, for gain, right. That would be violating, uh, really all, all the laws and the sort of the copyright trademark and asset ownership space. Um, so it's, it's a good, it's a good point. And again, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to get to a lot of those spots, you know, pretty quickly Two Justin, two key words, and this will round out episode one and we'll, we'll shift to episode two and talk more about like more specifics where we see the space going. Two specifics on NFTs, two things that, that if you want to understand NFTs and why they matter, I think these are two key words to really understand and wrestle with and, and, and try to get a hold of. And those two key words are status and access, status and access. So NFTs, like other things, give you a certain level of status. 
And again, if you're older, you're like, hey, that's dumb. You know, I'm very comfortable being who I am. And I get that, right? It, it, it's, it's kind of fun to poke at. But, you know, you drive the car you drive and the brand of car you drive or buy the you buy a certain polo shirt with a little with a little emblem on the side or whatever side it's on you buy the polo shirt you buy for a reason and i think if we look at a lot of our purchases um we buy things we buy because it gives us and we don't think of it as status but it gives us sort of belonging and in a certain status in our community or sub community it means something um, I even say to people sometimes, you know, if you live in a in a neighborhood that's a desirable neighborhood or a famous neighborhood or whatever, you know, someone says, where do you live? And you say, oh, I live in X neighborhood. And saying that means something, right? If you say, oh, yeah, I live downtown, it's like, oh, like that's pretty swanky, right? Um and again, it it's like proxy. If you say one thing, like it means whatever. If someone says to me and Justin, I'm an original CryptoPunks holder. Like, okay, like that means it means a number of things. It means it means something about your net worth. Um, it means something about how early you were in the space. It's like saying I was the you know the tenth person to invest in Facebook. You're like, okay, like that that means yeah. something. You have a certain kind of status. The second word is access. And Justin, I want to get your feedback on this, but but access. So how how do NFTs give people access in a way that's unique and valuable? Yeah, so one of the um I'll just give you a great example. I I in going back to the Salantisy project, um they're rolling out a video game and uh the only way to get to be a part of demo te like testing the demo video game and providing feedback before it goes public is actually owning one of the NFTs. Uh, and, and that's how you verify to test out the game. Uh, and it, it gives you access into, that's an example where it gives you access into basically like a process, right? Um, an exclusive club, if you will, uh, or, or member, uh, membership, you know, committee or whatever uh, of actually testing out a real product before it launches. Uh, and I mean, that's just one small example. Uh, but you know, there's definitely, I, I don't know of a whole lot of, um, event access stuff yet. I think Gary V did something that you might be able to speak into Brandon, but even, you know, having access into certain types of events, um, whether, you know, concerts, sporting events where NFTs, um, like in order to have this experience to go partake in an experience, you have to own the NFT and that's essentially your ticket to get in. Um, so those are kind of the big things that I think of when I think of access. Yeah. And access, uh, you know, one of the, the words that's tied directly to that is, is the aspect of community. And again, it's, when we think about the digital world and we ask really good common sense, insightful questions, it really actually gives us insight into our physical world. You know, if you want to play golf at a certain golf club and have access to the amenities of that golf club and the pool and the, the event and the 4th of July celebration, you have to be a what you have to be a member. Yeah. You have to pay dues. And if you, or if you want to play golf at that golf club, you have to go with a, Member, it's access, right? You are paying to get access. 
And so from a digital standpoint, you know, Justin, you mentioned events. Uh, yeah, that is happening. It's just not all the way there yet. Um, but, but the point is, if you are part of some of these digital communities, it gives you access to, um, to new projects where if you're not part of that community, you simply don't have access yet. And, that, and you may be listening and thinking, I don't want access to that. And exactly, right? Like, I'm not a member of a country club because I don't, that's not an access that I need or want at this point in my life. But, but we're just trying to say, like, think bigger picture, right? In the future, if you want access to certain things... You will either have to buy an NFT or by owning an NFT, by virtue of that, you will have access to things that you will not have otherwise. So again, status and access, this is a part of the digital world uh, that is happening. And we'll talk about in the next episode how the digital world is actually going to step into the physical world and sort of NFTs are going to be a big part of the bridge in a non-technical sense, I always have to say that, um, a bridge between the digital and physical world. And we'll talk more about that in, in episode two. All right, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Hope that fired your imagination. Uh, like I said, in episode two, we'll talk more about specifics. We'll talk more about innovation and what's exciting us about the space. So we hope you'll listen to the second episode. And uh, for Justin, I'm Brandon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.